well, it's been a long, 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 long time, but we are back. It is the, I believe, the fourth episode, the fourth episode of the Level 5 podcast with your host, Jay Samuel, and woo, man, oh man, oh man, nothing is going right, everything is going wrong, I have to say, what what did I do in a past life that made me into the person who loves the dysfunction of sports franchises, it wasn't enough that I had to deal with people bashing the Knicks and bashing that, oh, you're the worst franchise ever, you haven't made the 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 uh playoffs in so and so years and I had to hear all of that and oh boy but now I have to watch a football team my favorite football team go through all of that and I don't even know if I can say favorite anymore but I had to watch my football team go through this dysfunction and not to mention like being an an Astros fan I have to hear that they cheated, but they, but they proved at least the Astros dealt well. They kind of dealt with what they were going through, but they they took their licks, and now they've kind of come on on the other side of it. Like they they came out on the other side of all that's gone down. Um, but yeah, welcome back to the Level Five Podcast, and. If my short little rant didn't say anything, it's not been a good year so far for the Houston sports franchises. And, and if you're a Houston sports fan, it's been absolutely awful. Like, it's just been absolutely atrocious what has been going down here in, in Houston. Like, at this point, please just, just discontinue, like, everything that's going on here. Um... And what makes it worse, it's just January. Like, it has to be a light at the end of the tunnel for these, for all these franchises. And for some, I don't even see the light coming anywhere near. Oh, goodness. So. News leaked, or news came out today. That. Well, yeah. News came out today that the Houston Texans quarterback, Deshaun Watson, has finally requested the trade to be to get out of Houston. And as I I said before, it's been a terrible time to be a Houston fan. We had to watch James Harden leave. We had to watch George Springer leave, although that one was kind of, I guess, I wouldn't say mutual, but... We had to watch George Springer leave. James Harden wanted out. We almost had to watch Michael Brantley leave, which would have hurt. The Astros have are going to arbitration with Carlos Correa. I believe they're still going to arbitration. I, I'm pretty sure they are. So our hope is that he's going to be, that they're going to find a dispute or they're going to settle that out and that they can come to... Uh, Come to an agreement on a contract. But all in all, it has been a very, very, very tough time to be a Houston fan. 
And although I'm I'm kind of like I'm a I'm a Rockets fan, but I'm not like the biggest Rockets fan. Like I still love the team. I'm more of a Knicks fan, although that brings me pain and dysfunction as well. But I, I do like the Rockets. I will say this though. Out of being a fan of all these Houston sports franchises, nothing brings me more pain and brings me more dis- more hopelessness than being a Texans fan. And I want you to know, in my room right now is where I'm recording this. I have a I guess I guess it's a poster or something. But I have a poster that has my number which I always use. It's it's basically me in the kind of a, like a Texans jersey or whatever. But it's not me in a Texans jersey. But I digress on that. But it has every legend in the Houston Texans franchise. It has Andre Johnson, Arian Foster, J.J. Watt. I guess you can... I wouldn't say he's a legend, but he's one of the one of the better players that we've had. Just Davion Clowney. And I looked at that before I turned on this podcast. And it made me realize... We have let all of these players leave without accomplishing anything, anything in this. We, we haven't accomplished anything with the, with the great players that we've had. We have yet to accomplish anything worth like noteworthy with them. We had a three time defensive MVP. I think is a three I think he was three times a three time defensive player of the year. I'm pretty sure he won back to back years if I'm if I have my have his accomplishments correct in JJ Watt. We had one of the greatest receivers of all time in Andre Johnson. We had one of the uh if I'm I believe he was undrafted, an undrafted running back in Arian Foster, who came in and became the one of the best running backs for the Texans. We had Jadavion Clowney, who was a first round pick, although he couldn't stay healthy at times, and he never really posted a ten uh, uh, a ten plus sack uh, season. He was still one of the most dominant defenders that we've had in recent years. Excuse me. Uh, we had one of the, the, one of, if not, we have one of, we had one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL today in DeAndre Hopkins, and we let him go. Now we're, who else did we let? We let one of the best left tackles go. And, uh, we left one of the best defense, uh, not defensive tackles. Well, yeah, we let a really good defensive tackle on DJ Reader go. We let one of the best offensive tackles and Dwayne Brown walk away from us. What else did we lose? Oh, we lost we lost AJ Boye when he was about to go into his when he was about to literally shine. He was about to literally become a a diamond in the rough for us. And was emerging as a shutdown corner. What the Texans have needed their entire career, well, not entire career, but 
the entire organization's career or whatever you want to call it. But we had one of the best, we were going to have one of the best cornerbacks in the league and we let him walk because we refused to pay him. We let Kareem Jackson, who had a career year for us and who was a Texan throughout his throughout most of his career, and we let him walk away. And now, through it all, through it, everything else, the one person I thought that we would make sure that we would never let walk, we let our franchise quarterback, Deshaun Watson, he's about, we're going to let him leave. How in the world could you do that? And I want you to know, this situation, like, I, I for like the reason I wanted to do this podcast like earlier in the in the week or like earlier, uh, like maybe like last week and such like that. But I literally like I had to look it up symptoms. And you know when you look up symptoms symptoms on stuff about uh, you look up symptoms on like I don't know, uh, what is it WebMD? You look up these symptoms. And, like, you just know that, like, oh, that's me, so I'm dying. Okay, cool. I was looking up because I was having these headaches. And, like, the light and, like, lights were just appearing, like, super bright now. And I'm like, oh, okay, so what do I have? I looked up, I'm like, maybe I have a migraine. I guess I it was a migraine or what. I don't know. But I was having headaches and seeing <laughs> the lights were, I was like, it was like I was looking at millions of suns. Not really, but I had a migraine the entire time every time i thought about this texans this texan situation i was literally going like it was it was felt like a hammer not really but a hammer was hitting me on top of the head every time i thought about this this texan situation that we were we have all these all-time great players and they never finished their career with the Texans. I wouldn't be mad with the JJ Watts situation because I feel like we didn't do we didn't do JJ right. But we still JJ is is one of the NFL's he's one of the faces of the NFL. And we were lucky to have him like that. He's done so much for the Houston community. And we didn't do right by him. Deshaun Watson is, if I'm correct, he's 25 years old on a five-year deal. And he's he just had the best season. He just had the best season of his career. He just put up career highs when you got rid of his number one, the number one uh, wide receiver, one of the top a top three, maybe top five receiver. He just put up numbers with. He did it without a running game, with a below average to average O-line. He did it with almost no help. When he lost Will Fuller, when he lost everybody else, Randall Cobb, like he he gave Kiki, he made Kiki Kuti look like a, like Bill O'Brien was just, delusional he did so much for this franchise and we don't retain him and this is why this is this is just 
It's one of those things that makes you believe, like, how is this possible? How can a franchise be so incompetent that you can't get this right? Going into this offseason, when Bill O'Brien got, got fired, I was ecstatic. I was like, yes, this is what we need. This is going to pull this franchise out of the gutter. I was super elated that we were going to be able to leave this stench of Bill O'Brien. Even after everybody has said, oh, it's going to be a lot for the Texans to get out of. Because Bill O'Brien... Um, Bill O'Brien set this franchise back at least two to three years. I thought to myself, eh, I don't know about two to three years. I'll say he set us back maybe two years at most. Like, the contracts that he, he, he gave out were horrendous. But we have Deshaun Watson. You give Deshaun Watson a competent offense, he's going to make, he's going to turn chicken out of chicken shit essentially he's going to make he's going to make it work he's going to make everything work that you give him basically you saw that this year you give Deshaun Watson a competent defense that like we were the worst we were possibly the worst defense i think we were actually one of the worst defenses in NFL history but we were a a terrible defense. You give Deshaun Watson a a top 25, a top 20 defense, I guarantee you that record is at least 500 or above. The Texans were down lost I think 8 games within one score. 4 of those games were against division rivals that we could have beat had two of them not been against, uh, two of them we didn't fumble, a.k.a. the Colts games, and, excuse me, two of them wasn't against the Colts, or two of them where we fumbled against the Colts, and two where we let Derrick Henry run amok, and basically gave up a Hail Mary play. So, you you look at those games and you can tell that the record wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad as we made it seem. That it was still salvageable to fix all of this, right? All you had to do was put a competent team around Deshaun Watson. And then, yeah, we don't have our picks this year, but next year we have our picks. Then you go into the first round, you patch up things, you get players who can be difference makers for you, right? And then you you move forward and you build you build this team around Deshaun. You yes, you're gonna have to and I know people say, oh, you still have to go through possibly the face of the NFL right now and the leading the leading player in the NFL. Yeah, you're going to have to go through Mahomes. But I believe if you can get through Mahomes, you can get through any other team. You can get through any other team as long as you get through Mahomes. And I and I thought, honestly, there's no other quarterback I would rather have than Deshaun Watson on my team 
if I have to go through Mahomes because I think he is just that good. I don't think I think there's maybe maybe two quarterbacks that you take over Deshaun Watson and that's Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and you can make an argument and this is going to sound crazy you can make an uh, uh, argument that I would rather take Deshaun Watson over Aaron Rodgers it'll be a tough argument but you can make that argument because he is that good I'd say he's top three you can kind of say Russell Wilson I be in if you ask me before the season I would definitely say I would take Russell Wilson over Deshaun Watson. After I saw what he did with the talent that he had, I'm taking D. Watt over Russell, over Russ. And it's a hard, it's a hard sale to make, but I, I'm, I'm making that. I will definitely take Watson over Wilson right now. And to see this guy who most people work their entire lives to try to get for their franchise be put up or basically threaten to to leave your team and you don't do right by them and you don't do as much as you can to to try to keep them just shows you the incompetence and the moronic individuals that you have at the top of your organization if they can't do this right and what's crazy I could do this right I could do this right like the here's my thing ego egos are some of the craziest things because people one thing that people cannot put aside is their pride and their ego this isn't about pride and your ego. This is about winning. When you want to win, you put things aside. When you want to get stuff done, you put things aside. And they could not do it. I, I said before that Cal McNair broke one of the biggest rules in, in business. Don't let friendship mess mix with... Uh, be, well, I don't I won't say it like that. Be careful when you mix friendship and business. But as well as that, don't get the two mixed together. And he did. Cal McNair is not ready to hold the CEO position of the Texans. He is not he is not ready to be the owner of the Houston Texans. And I still don't think he's technically the owner. I think uh Janice is the owner. But he is absolutely not ready to be the owner of the Houston Texans. He has done everything wrong, and I don't see how you could possibly do it. (sighs) Cal McNair has done literally everything wrong this offseason. So... Let's 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 try to dial it back into history, in the history of this this offseason. And I want you to say, I want to say this: I guarantee you, one day, that the Texans organization, like this entire thing, is going to be a thirty for thirty one day. 
I would be surprised if this isn't a 30 for 31 day. If this if this gets worse, this is going to be a 30 for 31 day. It is going to be one of the most one of the craziest stories. It's going to be one of the craziest stories to hear. Like five, like down the line, this is going to be one of the craziest stories to hear. And I hope down the line, five years from now, we look at this situation and be like, man, I can't believe we actually went through that and that we're in a better situation. But right now, I'd say this, like where Bill O'Brien set us back maybe a year or two, Cal has set us back at least five, five years. That's minimal. That's if Nick Casario does a good job with drafting, that he makes good trades. And that means he has to be, no, that five years is has to be perfect. He has to be downright perfect for them to make, to make this back up to fans. He has to be downright perfect. And right now he is batting under, he is batting under a hundred. Well, I guess a hundred. How would that be? Like, he's batting terribly. Let's just say like that. Like, he's he's missing meatballs down. The, he's missing fastballs down the middle. Like, that's coming at you at the speed that I can throw a, a, a baseball. And I'm pretty sure that's not very fast. If I could throw a, a, a baseball down the middle, he is missing them. That's how bad this situation is right now. And... So here's I'm going to try to to speed this up a little bit. So the Texans fired Bill O'Brien. Many people in the fan base are ecstatic. That means that we have we have a shot to make it to make this a much better franchise than it is coaching wise, especially get somebody new in here who can change everything up. We have Deshaun Watson coming off an MVP caliber season. We know what our weaknesses are. We know that we can fix certain things and get things better than they were. Uh, it starts by getting a new general manager and getting a new coach. The season is over. Everybody's kind of happy because we weren't doing anything. And we have a little bit of hope to to go off of. Our wide receiving core isn't as bad as we thought it was. It can be touched up a little bit. We have our quarterback. We we don't have a pick, but we can make some moves and get some. The time comes to sign a general manager. And it's apparent that Omar Khan, who who I believe Bleacher Report reported, or somebody dropped an article saying that Omar Khan was supposed to be the general manager. Everybody's excited because, oh, we're getting out of the Patriots way. We're we're wiping the slate clean. Jack Easterby isn't going to be in here. The snake Jack Easterby isn't going to be here anymore. And we're going to be able to wipe the slate clean. Until Jack Easterby goes behind our back, goes behind everybody's back. Get slithers his way to Cal and tells him, hire Nick Casario. Hire my friend from, from the New England Patriots who we're trying to get who we're trying to get out from under and make our own identity. 
he goes behind everybody's back and he goes behind everybody's back, snakes everybody. And now Nick Casario is hired because Cal McNair doesn't only listen to his friend. Speed it up. Everybody's unhappy. And Deshaun Watson wants out. Deshaun Watson is extremely upset. Extremely upset. Now we're panicking. But we we believe like, oh, okay, it's fine. If Nick Casario can come in and do his job and get Deshaun the, the coach that he wants, we should be fine. We should be fine. You know, like things things probably won't end up as bad as we think it is. Cal McNair answers to everybody's thing. What's going to happen to Jack? Is he? Are you going to let him go? You ask a question to Nick. They dodge and deflect many of the questions. And they essentially tell you, no, we're going to keep him around, but we're going to put him back into a role that they don't know what he does. We don't know what he does. No one knows what he does. And then you're going to keep him in that role. Okay, now the panic meter is is high. I'm starting to panic. After that, you you we learned that the reason Deshaun is unhappy is because Cal McNair, who's now who's a liar, like one of the worst things you can be, like who's like okay, here's the thing. I believe that there's times to tell the truth. And there's times to not tell the truth. Sometimes you have to not tell the truth to avoid a bigger incident, I guess. But when you go to somebody and they come to you in in confidence and in faith that, hey, we want the same thing. I think if we work together, we can do it. And when you look that person in their face and you tell them, yes, I agree. And then you go behind their back and do something that you totally like you you basically disregard what they want as well as you disregard what they want and what a team wants. And like bigger picture, the team wants like players and staff and such or just players anyway. And you go behind their back and just do something entirely different. At that moment, you lose Everybody, because now we know we cannot trust you. We cannot trust you. And that's what Cal McNair did. He went behind everybody's back. He paid people money to help him make a decision that was important for his franchise. And he listened to one person over the voices of many. And that one person has nothing to do with football. Never has been anything in football. And you listen to them. Fast forward down the thing. We learn that Deshaun is unhappy because Cal basically lied to his face. So now we're in this situation like, okay, now we need to remedy this situation. Let's try to get him a head coach. We know which head coach we should be looking at because Throughout the entire NFL season, the some of the biggest coaches that everybody wanted to look at, Robert Sala, Eric Bieniemy, Joe Brady, uh, uh, Brian Dabal, Matt Eberflus, 
it's one more person I I think I'm forgetting. Uh, Brandon Staley came along uh, later, but we're just gonna say those those six right there. Those names were the biggest names being floated around. Oh, and Arthur Smith. Those names were the biggest names being floated around throughout the entire process. You don't interview Robert Sala, who the defense said that they wanted, who Deshaun said that he would be happy to play for. You interview Eric Bieniemy, but you interview him later, and we were fooled to believe that, oh, maybe it's because Nick Casario has, like, they're changing up the, the things. Uh, they're changing up the process, so now Nick Casario is going to be doing his job. Okay, well, we see Eric Bieniemy, our name be floated for the interview for the Texans. And we're like, okay, yes, that's exactly what we want. We see Joe Brady. And for some people, eh, I think it's a little too soon. But if he's this great offensive mind, you know, screw it. Give him a shot. I'm fine with it. You don't see Brian Dabal get a, a, a interview. Matt Eberflus, uh declines the interview. You give Brandon Staley an interview. Kind of get people's hopes up. Like, okay, he might be somebody that we can look at. But you you basically ignore most of the, the uh, coaches that people want. And you go for guys like Leslie Frazier, who, although he got Christian Ponder led Vikings to the to the uh to the playoffs, his record isn't good. David Culley, who has never called a play and who has never been a head coach. He's one of the strongest candidates. You get Eric Bieniemy, although I'll say it right now. I don't have a problem with Eric Bieniemy not taking this job because I want him to go somewhere where he can properly succeed. And I don't think that he was going to be able to do that in Houston, especially if Deshaun wasn't going to stay. But most of the fan base wanted Eric Bieniemy just for the simple fact that he could probably talk Deshaun into staying and that if Eric Bieniemy can get can come here, we know for a fact we have a strong chance that Deshaun's staying here. But through all of that, your two strongest candidates were uh, David Culley, Leslie Frazier, and then what you would hope, Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy again, apparently he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to stay. He was going to take the job if Deshaun wasn't here. So. We already got that report that Deshaun, it didn't matter who the head coach was. So you kind of had to hope and and pray, although everybody is kind of upset that they're trying to make this a church and not a football organization. So there's that. So you kind of hope that Airbnb takes the job so you can have some hope. Then you get get ESPN analysts and sport NFL analysts and all these analysts talk about, oh, well, Leslie Frazier is a strong candidate. David Culley is a strong candidate. 
okay, we know one of them is a retread. One of them isn't that good. Who? And by the way, David Cully was the passing coordinator of the of the uh, Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens were the thirty second team. If I'm if I have this correct, they were dead last in passing game. David Cully was the passing game coordinator. Just to leave y'all with that. And to say, I'm not... So, before I get to what I have to say with David Culley, let's get to this part. And it's going to be pretty soon here. You interview these guys, and you go for the... Your highest is a retread, and one with very little experience. If it was up to me, if I'm going to go with little experience... Why not go Staley? Why not go Joe Brady? Like, I would at least want to go for somebody who's young, but who can, who has time to, to transform this, this, uh, what you call it, can bring something new and innovative. And then you have, then you interview Josh McCowan. And Josh McCowan has zero coaching experience. Josh McCowan, McGowan, is it McCowan or McCowan? I think it's McGowan. Either way, he has zero experience. And he is he has zero experience. And he's being floated up for a head coaching spot. One, why would you even let that be be leaked? That should have stayed within the building. Nobody should know that. And now you you look like you're set up for for Josh McCown to take over. And with that with that revelation with that revelation you get the David Cully hire. You get the David Cully hire. You give this guy who has no NFL experience who has no NFL experience or he has NFL experience but he has no head coaching experience and no play calling experience. His first shot at age 65, I believe he's 65, his first shot as an NFL head coach. If he does well, we're going to you're going to come back to this episode of the podcast and like throw it in my face. Oh, David Cully was was a great signing. I hope that he is. But you're going to take this guy who has no real like play calling experience. And no head coaching experience. And give him the job. And you know what that screams to me? That screams scapegoat. Because somebody said it before. They're grooming Josh McCowan to take over the head coaching spot and later on in uh the whatchamacallit. And I later on in the uh or later on uh in the future. And that's what it kind of hit me. David Coley, while I believe he may be somebody who can help the Texans, because if he can bring a a new culture, that's cool. Uh, That's fine. But what it screams to me, okay, we're going to take this guy who basically we're going to set him up for failure. He's never been a head coach. 
we're going to give him his opportunity. But we're going to give him an opportunity. Like, we're going to give him an opportunity to coach a team whose quarterback most likely won't be here with a below average defense, with a guy who's in here who's snaking everybody in the organization who has the the owner's ear who's who's organization basically the organization is a dump fire but we're going to give this guy who has no coaching experience this job and we're just going to give like say hey here you go do what you can do your best this feels like it is setting David Cooley up for failure he is not going to have a fair shot. It's, it sucks that he has he's he's given this opportunity, but he's going to be given this opportunity in easily the worst situation possible. If he can turn this around, David Cooley's uh needs to be retired into the Houston Hall of Fame of coaches. But it seems like you're setting him up for failure. And interviewing Josh McGowan, it didn't hit me until somebody had said it. They're basically grooming him up, grooming him up to take your place. As soon as you fail, we're going to cut you loose and put him in there. And then boom. If that doesn't sound like a terrible thing for an organization. And then again, this might be all theories, like theories and speculation. But that's what it seems to me. They're basically giving a guy who's had no shot in the NFL his first shot and telling him, yeah, we gave you a bunch of crap. We gave you a bunch of crap. Here you go. Have a field day. If you can make it work, cool. If you can't, sorry, in two, three years, we're probably going to let you go. That's it. That's literally it. Like, you don't have a quarterback. You most likely won't have a, a, a Hall of Fame defensive end. You have a piss poor defense who was one of the like is one of is historically one of the worst. Uh, you have a, a wide receiver who's pretty much injured, so we don't know if he's going to be back or he's, who's been injury prone. And we don't know if we're going to bring him back. We have a wide receiver who who's been moved around, but now doesn't want to be moved around anymore. Uh, we're cap, we're, we're cap strapped essentially. Like we have so much money on our set. Like we're under, like we're over the cap or something like that. Ooh, we, excuse me. We're over the cap. Like we're, here you go. Here you go. That's that's exactly what he's been given. And I don't think it's fair for David Cooley, but that's where the Texas organization is right now. You let good players go, and you make every bad decision that you possibly can, all because you listen to one person. It's it's like a snow it's a snowball effect. Most of the fans are leaving. Like nobody wants to be a fan of a team who can't do anything right, doesn't listen to their fans, and doesn't listen to outside media or outside uh, reports and such like that, who's, who's like the writings on the wall, like you probably shouldn't trust him. You don't even listen to your, you don't even listen to your Hall of Fame wide receiver 
who you did wrong, and Andre Johnson, who doesn't speak much, who cared about the organization to to come out of like Twitter, like like who came out on Twitter and said into the entire world, this guy is no good. Get him out. And you don't listen to him. You actually go silent and you continue to do what you do. At this point, whatever, whatever uh, comes to that organization, they rightfully deserve. They rightfully deserve. That's it. And now, it pains me to say, like, when about the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, so apparently, now that he wants to be traded, every other team in the world or around the league wants to, like, at least over half the teams in the league want to make sure, like, okay, what 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 is he worth? What can we give you that would let that would be nice compensation. And easily, if these, and I'm going to say this now, it's going to get worse. <laughs> it's not going to get better. I would think like, oh, what, what worse can happen? No, it's going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get terrible. So now, now that we, we come to that conclusion, what can they give that would be suitable as a compensation for a 25-year-old MVP caliber uh, generational quarterback who's on a five-year deal. What is he worth? If you ask me, only two teams have enough to offer to offer me a deal, and that wouldn't be enough. Unless you're offering me four first-round picks and two good player like I would need four first round picks and another great talent to even think about pick like answering the phone basically if you don't handicap your future for Deshaun Watson I'm hanging it up I'm hanging the phone up so that only leaves like two teams the Jets and Miami if I'm Miami or if I'm the, if I'm talking to Miami, I need my pick that we gave you for this year, the third overall pick, the pick later, your pick for the uh, the twenty, I think it's the twenty twenty one draft, like two picks or your pick for next year's draft, and maybe Tua. I wouldn't even say Tua. You would have to give me Xavier Howard. If I'm gonna take the third pick, I might as well just get my own quarterback. Like, I might as well just get my own quarterback. If not, I guess I'll take Tua. But you're not giving, you're not, you're not, like, it's going to feel like a steal. Like, like we're getting robbed either way. We. (laughs) This is no we anymore. (laughs) Uh, And then if it's the Jets, I'm going to need your pick, the second overall pick. I'm going to need the pick you got from Seattle. I'm going to need your pick next year and the pick you got from Seattle next year as well. Both first, maybe a second. And I would say 
Quinnen Williams. That's what I would probably give up for Deshaun Watson. Maybe. Even then, I don't think that's suitable enough. You might have to throw in a second round pick as well. Like, Sam Darnold doesn't... Like, I don't... I wouldn't want Sam Darnold. Like, I I understand, like, oh, he's kind of gotten a shorthand... Like, the short end of the stick. But I still wouldn't... I still wouldn't give... uh, I still wouldn't take Sam Darnold to be my replacement. Like... I would rather just draft my next quarterback and take either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. You know what I'm saying? I think that's his name. Zach Wilson? Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much what I would do. And hope that one of them has the it factor and can be, who knows, like, like in a year or two, maybe the next Josh Allen in terms of development or... <laughs> hopefully like at least like you probably won't ever get a Deshaun Watson like player ever again that's crazy oh man I had to tell myself beforehand that my mental is strong and my mental is unbreakable but now talking about this my mental fortitude is just crumbling in dust (laughs) the dust is just crumbling oh man the migraines are coming back. <laughs> the lights are just becoming brighter <laughs> as as this goes on. Oh my goodness. Oh goodness gracious. Literally, this is this is one of the worst off seasons in NFL history. And one of the at this point, they might as well just I think it's called relegate. I think the word is relegate, yeah. They might as well just relegate the Texans. Like, give our franchise to San Antonio. I'd root for a San Antonio team. Just, like, have a, I don't know, like, move them to San Antonio, make Cal sell, and <laughs> shoot Jack Easterby into the into the sun. And it's crazy. I've learned throughout my time that hate is such a strong word to say to somebody. Like, you should never hate somebody, right? Like, whew. I am getting very, very close to saying I hate Jack Easterby, but I, 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 oof, like he's a he's he's a terrible he's a terrible sports businessman. Oh my goodness, I think he's a part of sports. All right, that's it. My headache is starting to come back. Uh, thank you once again for tuning in to the Level Five podcast. I know it's been a a long time since I've dropped an episode, but we're back. Uh, I got things taken care of in terms of that situation. Um, yeah, it's been a great episode four. I hope to find consistency with this once more again, but thank you for tuning in. And <laughs> Oh, before I go, let me say this for like this, like this. If you need to, if you're listening to this, go ahead and follow me at Steelo Sam Era on Twitter, and also check out my boy BA's, uh, my boy Braylon Allison's uh, podcast, The Athlete. Uh, you can find them on Twitter. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you probably already know. You can find them on Twitter. Go look at his his podcast or go check out his podcast. It's really good. Again, it's The Athlete. I believe it's 
A-F-F-E-L-E-T-E. Hold on. I would have to look it up. But it's The Athlete. Go ahead and check out his his uh, podcast. It's really good. And thank you again for tuning in. Uh, and we'll be back next time. Peace.